0: Well, back on June twenty-eighth, this was a crime, a crime scene that was seen and heard right across this country. Uh, two armed men entered a BMO branch in the usual tranquil Victoria suburb of Saanich in the late morning and within minutes would engage in a shootout with police that would leave them, young brothers, dead and six Saanich and Victoria police officers injured, some seriously. One of the officers remains in hospital, another was released just last week. We still know very little about the motive behind the crime. The investigation continues and what led the Two men, 22-year-old brothers, Matthew and Isaac Octoloni of Duncan, BC, not too far from Victoria, with no criminal records, no history of interactions with the police, to arrive heavily armed at the bank and then seemingly stay and wait for police to arrive in some senses police have yet to disclose the number and type of the number and type of firearms the suspects used how those weapons were acquired or who shot first when they encountered police outside the bank police have also not disclosed details about improvised explosive devices that were apparently found in the suspects vehicle what we do know is that for some inside the bank that day what they witnessed what they saw what they heard has been hard to comprehend and certainly hard to forget my next guest was one of them. Shelly Fire was sitting down for a meeting with the bank's manager when she suddenly found herself caught up in a scene of almost indescribable violence. And Shelly Fire joins me now. Thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: Thank you for thinking of me and for you know calling me to speak about this, Ben. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I imagine this is something that's really stayed with you, and it's it's not surprising. But uh, tell me a bit about that day. I mean, I've been to that Bank of Montreal branch. It's hard to describe a. It's a busy street, but it's hard to describe a quieter sort of part of the country than than that bank branch. Uh, what was it like to have been in there? You were just there for an appointment, I gather.
1: Yeah, I was. Um, that's funny. So you've been in that branch before. Um, surprisingly, I haven't, and I moved um, from Vancouver in 2002, and I actually used to work across the street at the plaza, across the road, where all the businesses, of course, were affected, and the police, you know, have closed that area off. I have never been in that branch. Really? It was the first
0: time? The first time that day?
1: Absolutely a case of, yeah, wrong time, wrong place. Isn't that Weird, (laughs) it is. Um, Well, ironic in a way. Yeah, ironic. Um, But so I had never been in there. I had actually was. I just sat down. I had been in that uh, in the meeting for two minutes, literally two minutes before um, an explosion. I thought it was a gunshot, Um, and the um, finance manager that I was with, Doc, was toward the front of the bank, and he had a sight line. And he said, I looked to the side, I could see everybody down. And after the explosion, it was completely quiet. And um, he said, very calmly, um, we're being robbed. And that was it. And then I looked to the side again. And in the doorway was, well, one of now we know one of the brothers um, in balaclava with a vest holding an assault rifle just staring at me, and then um, he wanted keys to the vault, although he didn't say anything other than vault, and that was it.
0: You know, Shelley, we've all seen this in movies, right? We've all seen this on TV, but I can't imagine what it would be like to be sitting there in person, the thoughts that must go through your head.
1: I thought, that's exactly what I thought. Um, You know, in the first 30 seconds or less, that it wasn't real. I thought the bank was going to make an announcement. Okay, everybody up. This is just training because it was so silent. And, you know, we didn't, I didn't hear any alarms um, that it was actually couldn't be happening. It didn't seem real. I thought it was a person coming out of my son's video game. And because he was just standing there, just standing there staring at me. and this assault rifle, I mean, quickly, these thoughts are just running, running, running through your head of sheer, like, panic, or, you know, what's going to happen, and of course we have all seen the movies, we have all seen TV, Netflix, etc., you would expect that it would have been, you know, um, a little bit more frenetic, Um, it wasn't at all, that was what was so eerie about the whole situation as it started to unfold.
0: Yeah, I, I I remember you talking about this very soon after and saying that you were struck by just how calm and quiet it all was. That it seemed almost dreamlike at the time.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Um, it was the I, I heard some whispering at the really it seemed like whispering from the front, and that's the only time I had I heard them speaking at all. The rest of the time it was completely quiet. And while I was hiding with my cell phone. Um, in the manager's office, uh, everybody else, they had told everybody else to get up, everybody go to the vault. I don't know where the vault is at this bank. I don't know the layout at all of the bank. And I chose to stay in the office and not run out and join everybody because I did have my cell phone as well. You know, it, second guess later, but at the time, um, then one of the gunmen just kept walking back and forth very calmly, very slowly, again totally silent for 10 or 15 minutes. It was uh, what are they waiting for is what I kept thinking. Uh, We heard no sirens from outside. I didn't know what was happening at all and then when he did see me as I was trying to worm my way across the floor to hide under the desk, I guess he caught me out of the corner of his eye and stood in the doorway again and then just stared at me for quite a long time before he put his hand out in the gesture with a palm up and moved his fingers, to you know, a move gesture, which I did. Um, then I joined the rest of where everybody was in the hallway at the back of the bank. And again, we waited and waited and waited. And it was quiet. And they were at the front of the bank. And it was just quiet. We didn't know what were they waiting for because they could have they had the money within the first couple of minutes they could have been gone,
0: and you'd called nine one one is that right?
1: I did call nine one one yes, i did i at first when the man when the finance manager handed him the keys or tried to hand him the keys to the vault um but he wouldn't take them. he just shook his head, so the manager he he stepped to the side like he i guess. The gunman just said move, so he followed him. The gunman followed the manager to the vault, I guess, and off they went. He left me in the office, and I assumed he forgot about me because I was there for at least 15 minutes. I, I stood up, and I tried to look out the window because I thought somebody must be passing by on the sidewalk and must have heard this explosion, and I kind of waved, but then... I quickly thought, well, I did. there was a gentleman who walked by who kind of looked at the bank but then kept walking, and I thought, oh, I better get down, because if this guy walks back, I don't know what's going to happen, like if he sees me waving to um, attract attention. So I got on the floor, and I reached to my purse, which was on another chair, and then I kept watching in the, I don't know, you know that bank, Ben, and it has yeah. um trough glass, and I kept watching for the shadow of when he was walking past and then I grabbed my phone out of it and pulled it back out of my purse and then I called nine one one to tell them. So
0: you know that most of us only know this this awful awful event from when the shooting began. Um where were you and, and, and what happened? What, where, what happened from where you were, where you were standing? Or, or could you even tell? Well,
1: we were at the back of the, we were all in the hallway. So there, all of 22 of us were in the hallway. And that's the thing, there was 22 of us. So now I understand it was 17 employees mm-hmm. and five customers. Because those guys, uh, we know the brothers now, mm-hmm. they didn't stop anybody from coming in the bank that day. They left those doors open and a few other customers came in. And walked into the situation, and were told oh, wow. to, yeah, they were told to sit down on the floor, and then were led to the back. So, as I guess at the time, I was in the office with my cell phone. I, I know this now later because I know some of these women. They're they were in my home friends. <laughs> um, nice. you know, um Anyway, yeah. So that's again something very strange and unique. That I mean, if you can use that, if I can use that as a term. Yeah. They didn't stop anybody. They didn't lock the doors. And before the police got there and, and blocked off the area, they allowed people to come into the bank. And then when I was at the back, and now... Nobody came in, I guess then that must have been when the police had outside. you know we're unaware of anything. We didn't hear any sirens. That's what we were wondering as well amongst ourselves. We can't hear any sirens. what is going on, and some people were quite worried that maybe it was a Uvalde situation again, like what is happening um right that was that had
0: just happened right of course exactly,
1: yeah, exactly. And there was an older lady there, and she was quite worried about that what you know, you know speaking, because we didn't, yeah. You know, can't know what's happening. We don't know. We can only speculate what their motives were, what these guys were up to. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, they are no longer here. But, yeah.
0: um, I'm, sp- I'm, sp- I'm, I'm speaking with Shelley Fryer. She was one of the five customers, as she mentioned, who was inside that bank in Montreal in, uh, on Vancouver Island near Victoria. Back on June the 28th, when it was robbed, and then what ensued was really what everyone has known or known about, which was a gunfight between the suspects and um, and the Greater uh, Greater Victoria emergency response team uh, that left both those suspects dead but also six officers wounded and we've just been talking about trying to, to what uh, what Shelley experienced and also how difficult it has been to try to find help afterwards. We'll talk a bit about more, a bit more about what happened after that next as well as just Shelley's last uh, six weeks or so trying to find some support to talk about what happened and, and try to understand what she witnessed. We'll be back with that. With us is Shelley Fryer, who is here in Victoria, where I am, more or less. We're talking about uh, Shelley being one of 22 people who was in the Bank of Montreal branch uh, here back on June the 28th when... First, a robbery, and then a shootout with police took place involving two brothers. We still don't know the motive really behind the crime, if there was anything more than robbery, but they were killed. Six police officers were injured. One of them remains in hospital. One of them just got out. And, of course, for those who witnessed it, it's been a really difficult six weeks trying to come to terms with what happened. There aren't a lot of answers from the investigation yet. Of course, that takes time. But just trying to process what, what people saw, Shelley trying to process what you saw, um, I, I just... Where What happened when when everything erupted? Where were you, and, and how did you see it or hear it? Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, well, Um. when everything erupted, uh, I was right in the hallway in a room where the, I guess that's where safety deposits are. If you know that branch, Ben, there's a hallway that runs, the sight line runs from the very front of the um, entrance to the bank, right to the back of the bank where there's a back door. And, um, there was, everybody ran to a file room. I don't know where the file room is. I stepped into this room and I know very clearly that these guys were not just robbing the bank and waiting to leave. I think they later now hearing about the explosives, but at the time I heard exactly what they did. They, uh, Shouted police, that, that was not the. When I heard police, that was not the police, that was them. I heard one of them run softly down the hall and stand right outside the room I was hiding in, six inches from my right ear, and yell back. Now I know his brothers yell back to him when he shouted police, he yelled back, yeah. And then the gunfire started. He exited that back door and ambushed the uh, emergency response team. And that's right. how all those officers were injured when they came down in the white van. I heard it from inside, and I right. had that. I was, unfortunately, where I was in my hiding spot was the person who was right up at the front in that hallway to hear that. Right. And I've seen Uh, it now later because I've been back at the branch and I saw the um, damage on the outside of the bank before it was repaired.
0: I mean, we know what happened. No, go ahead, sorry.
1: Sorry, no, no, it's okay. I don't think the bank, the branch maybe wants that out there, but it was officers, one is still in the hospital. I can't stop thinking about those officers when I saw that later. We didn't know any of this at the time. We were insulated from that because of the amazing, highly trained, high skilled officers that came in and rescued us after that and cleared the building and the scene. And then how we were treated by every single person that we talked to at the police station or on the bus that took us away, um, the detectives that interviewed all of us um the victim assistance uh, and it wasn't until we were released from the police station that we were seeing anything and heard anything that it was only on social media that that we can nobody could that had any idea about the um magnitude of what took place outside that day and, and I know um, since
0: the, uh, yeah yeah
1: this guy—I mean, I—you know—I can't get that out of my head, and I know that then the the whole neighborhood that was affected, the whole hold-in-place order, the businesses yeah. that were closed, and later on, I've had people, strangers, reaching out to me, and uh, my heart is just so full of the support and the and the the gratitude of that. But that also, there's kids that started summer vacation that heard and witnessed what took place. Their parents saw.
0: Yeah, one it's of the been, it's been...
1: gunmen being killed. Um, There's no, trauma it, it was... all over.
0: And you're finding it. I know that one of the things that's happened over the last six weeks is you're you're not necessarily because, but you're you've been struggling to find someone to talk to. I know you found someone, but it has been you're you have come face to face with a system that that is not perhaps is as, um, as ideal as you'd like it to be.
1: No, I think that's probably a greater. No, um, yes, because of our healthcare system, and yes, because it's in 911 crisis in general. Yes, because all of the therapists and things are busy. I do understand that the employees of the bank were given that's amazing and wonderful. The bank was on that right away. They were given all intensive therapy and everything that they need because, of course, they have to return to that workplace. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. I don't know, my hats are off to how they do that. So uh, I'm so grateful that they get that and they have that. I understand that the bank put uh, the uh, the customers, they offered their customers that were in the bank that day, they did offer them counseling services as well. I did not find out about that until August the 5th. That's the first time that the Bank of Montreal acknowledged that I was even in the bank that day.
0: Right. I imagine just when something that awful happens, sometimes afterwards those who were there um, you know, it's, it, I mean, I, I was reading about, uh, reading about, about you recently, obviously, and said that oftentimes people who are in those situations are kind of left to fend for themselves a little bit. Like you have to seek out the help that you think you need. And it seems like a system that doesn't quite work, does it?
1: it It seemed that way, and um, victim services were were what we were given right away, and and they've been really wonderful the Victoria police services victim services, and we have a worker I do um however they're, they're really empathetic and they listen and they've been really supportive. however, they can't do it for you. they aren't able to call the counseling services for you, they aren't able to call do this for you you they can say, Hey, call so and so center, okay. But I can't even get out of bed. For example, the first five days I couldn't even sleep. Um, You know, you need an advocate almost to be able to do that for you. And I'm hoping that something good can come out of all of this. Um, Thinking about all that whole neighbourhood that also never had the benefit of victim services knocking on a thousand doors and offering all the pamphlets that I was given and I know that this is a historic event that happened in the city and hopefully it won't ever happen again, but being able to look at something where there's, you know, um, some type of a resource center or a hotline or a place to meet where people can just come to process what they needed to be able to process, to be able to talk or to be able to have somebody to do all of that for them because there's a different type of trauma than, you know, a trauma is horrible and the specific type of trauma that we haven't encountered before for the 22 people in the bank, but then also for everybody else and the hospital yeah. workers, you know, the first responders and, you know, these police officers, maybe some of them might never be, that's the end of their career.
0: Yeah. Well, Shelley, thank you so much for sharing everything with me tonight. I obviously wish you strength as you go through this. I know it's a process. I really hope that you, you get to speak to the people you hope to speak to and that you uh, find a way through this, because obviously what you witnessed was um, was unthinkable. At the same time, I'm very happy you're here to be able to tell this story tonight.
1: So thank you very much for keeping it out there. You know, there's a whole bunch of unanswered questions still, and we need to be able to keep it out there so that the police does, you know, with the investigation, that, it, you know, we all, the public...